The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of paid sponsors. Episode 165 of the Drive-By Podcast is sponsored by Les Delices Lafrenet, five outstanding Montreal locations, including St. Leonard, Rosemere Point, Claire Montreal West, and my home location on Tashro in Brossard, Simplement Delicieux, it's Les Delices Lafrenet. Baton Rouge Grill House and Bar and the Real Drive-By Podcast are currently holding a Valentine's Day giveaway. Go to Baton Rouge Grill House on Instagram. That's at Baton Rouge Grill House. Click on Valentine's Day giveaway and then follow all the instructions to win a romantic evening out with you and your significant other this Valentine's Day with the Real Drive-By Podcast and Baton Rouge Grill House and Bar. This is The Drive-By with Freeway Frank. The Drive-By Podcast, brought to you by OwnSpace. Here we go, episode 165. It's Freeway Frank. A little late this week, only one episode. I was almost 1,000% sure I had some food poisoning over the weekend. Now I'm convinced, I don't even know anymore. Now I'm convinced it may have been a 24-hour flu. Whatever it was, it came in and out of my system. I'm sorry for the uh, for the uh, visuals here. Yeah, so it hasn't been a great uh, couple of days. But the thing that I am most impressed by my immune system is no matter what I'm hit with, it seems like I could get it out of me in literally between 24 to 48 hours. I trust my immune system. My immune system has not let me down so far. Fingers crossed. So here I am with the Thursday edition of the podcast. Hope you're doing all right. I'm going to kick it off. How could I not talk about this? It's uh, the, the story that all Montrealers are talking about in the last few days. It doesn't matter where you're listening in from. It is a story of mismanagement is a story of government neglect and and government overuse of funds and government mismanaging funds and whatever. The Olympic Stadium in Montreal has been with me all my life. I grew up not too far from the Olympic Stadium. I remember, and I have a picture, I'm going to find it and try to post it. I posted the picture a while back of my sister and I, like in front of the Olympic Stadium when it had no roof. Why, he's that old? I was a kid, a, a child. And yeah, I have that picture of my sister and I in front of the Olympic Stadium with no roof. I remember seeing the flame. I remember the Olympics. I was just a kid. But to me, the Olympic Stadium has always been a big part of my life. I grew up a huge fan of the Montreal Expos. So I've watched a lot of games at the Olympic Stadium over the years. But over the years... The Quebec government, whomever, has always done an awful job in the upkeep and management of the Olympic Stadium. That is my opinion. It just seems like if you look at stadiums around the world or venues around the world, when it came to a certain point, they gave up, right? They were like, okay, it's old. It's uh, let's tear it down and move on. Or let's renovate it at the right time 
do something with it, bring it next level like they did with BC Place in Vancouver. They saved BC Place in Vancouver, fixed it all up. It's still there. The Olympic Stadium in Montreal, they had an opportunity about 13 years ago to tear it down for the same price now. So it's $870 million. They just announced to build a new roof. For that price, close to a billion, just over a decade ago, they could have torn it down. Now, there are some issues with imploding the Olympic Stadium or a controlled demolition or bringing it down because there's the Montreal Metro subway system runs underneath. It's, it's not the easiest task, but there are things that you can do, tear it down, keep parts of the foundation still, rebuild or keep a t- the tower up where they have office buildings. There's things you could do. I'm sure they could build condominiums, affordable housing around there, whatever the case is. Now, I know that the Olympic Stadium, having had it as part of my life since the 70s when I was a child, is a symbol of Montreal. But what is it a symbol of anymore? Any of the generations now today, the younger generations, I mean, have they even walked into the Olympic Stadium? Have they seen a game there? Have they done anything there? When they do walk in, it's scary, right? Because many times... I mean, I think it's between 120 and 180 days a year they could hold events there because anytime there's bad weather or too much wind or snow, there's a danger that the roof can, basically pieces could fall down, which is insane. Insane that they would, but only Montreal would run a stadium this way. And any other city, as I said, in the world, they would have renovated it by now or torn it down. But for us, there's always, there's always some kind of issue. Now, I know it's the Quebec government putting this money to fix the roof. The, the roof would be good for 50 years. So 50 years from now, when I won't be here anymore, and many of us won't be here anymore, uh, this is going to be another generation's problem. And a, a, again, a continuous problem with what are we going to do? And at some point, I'm sure we'll have even better technology. We'll have figured out and an, an even better way to demolish it in the future. But that's what they're going to end up doing. There's no doubt in my mind future generations are going to take down the Olympic Stadium. Look, they called it the Big O back in the day for a reason. Big O, some people thought it was the Big O because of the circle and the opening on the roof, but it was more like the Big O, O-W-E, because we never stop paying for it as Quebecers, as Montrealers, and by the way, this comes from our tax dollars. So as much as it means something to people that are older, older generations, I'll be the first guy to say, tear it down, take it down, and I don't even feel comfortable, I would not even feel comfortable going to the Olympic Stadium to watch a game after they put up this new roof. And by the way, this is the insanity, okay? So almost a billion so 870 million, you know it's going to cost more because I know when I built my home, it said there was a certain price and then it kept going up, okay? It's like, oh, now this, now this, now this. Oh, yeah, well, we didn't see that, okay? And, and by the time it all ends, that 870 million is going to be way over a billion. And here's the best part. It, it's going to take, only in Montreal, it's going to take, and, and they said this with a serious face. I just laughed out loud. I thought it was a joke, but, you know, it's never a joke here in, in Quebec. Four years. It's going to take four years to complete. So imagine four years to complete 
the building of a new roof and then it's still an old piece of shit building stadium and four years right so the whole structure is even four years older but the roof is going to take four years to complete i mean are these people for real are these politicians i just don't understand and and so i have to read up a little about it i go through it to understand what is the you know the the method to this madness of these politicians what is it and most of them said it's because it's an iconic symbol of montreal and it would be just too complicated like everything else in quebec just trop compliqué just too complicated to tear down right so instead oh it said more complications we're going to take four years to build a roof four years to build a, and we know it's not going to take four years okay my prediction it's going to take five it's going to take six it's going to take even more money than the 870 there's going to be so much controversy behind this in the next four years this is all you're going to hear after year one there's an issue after year two there's another issue after three and four people are going to be really <laughs> really upset because they already are i haven't seen one positive comment about saving the olympic stadium from anyone but these politicians and you know when they built the olympic stadium it was a scam to begin with we know contractors we know uh, foundation layers we know all the people that were working we know i mean you heard the stories they had five trucks coming in and only one of the trucks had whatever cement and they were charging for five trucks it was a scam like everything in montreal has always been this city has been plagued with, with corruption forever i mean come on and then if you look at every stadium in north america every stadium in north america the big ones in the big u.s cities even if you look at canada bc place in vancouver is in downtown vancouver the um, rogers center formerly sky dome downtown toronto if you look at Vegas, where the Super Bowl is happening this weekend, the new stadium is in the downtown Vegas area. The arena is right there. It's a, Anywhere you go, the stadiums, the arenas, they're all together, and they're all in the center, in the hub of the city. In Montreal, it's in the East End. You couldn't be, you couldn't be further from the action. So the smart move would be, to build a new state with that 870 million, add another billion, and finally build a world-class stadium, a la stadium in Vegas, or you name it, whatever U.S. city or Canadian city, build a world-class stadium where you can host Major League Baseball, where you can host football games, and that, that might even entice leagues to come here. Like the NFL, maybe, possibly, you never know. But for sure, Major League Baseball will return if there's a nice stadium downtown Montreal. Why, you're telling me we can't build a stadium with a retractable roof? So what if it's $2, 3000000000 billion if we know that we, we could hold world-class events? We're not even getting the World Cup coming, passing through in 2026. They're going to Toronto, uh, I, th I think even Edmonton, Vancouver, but not Montreal. I mean, the, the most Europeans live in the city of Montreal. The most Italians out of, you know, in all of Canada, okay, Toronto as well, but you know, we like to say the real Italians. <laughs> I'm just gonna offend some of my Italian friends in Toronto, and I'm not apologizing, but you know what I mean. 
And, and so, okay, Toronto-Montreal has the most Europeans. And it would make sense that the World Cup would, would come here. No, they didn't even entertain it because where are they going to play? The Olympic Stadium? Uh, they're not going to risk their players being injured in any kind of way by falling debris at the Olympic Stadium. So we, we're not even getting the World Cup. So, I mean, that says it all right there. So spend the money now because, as we know, the more you wait, 10 years ago, you could demolish the Olympic Stadium for $870 million. I think it was the actual uh, price was $800 million. Now it's going to take four years to build a roof for $870 million. That's insanity. So all they have to do is start building a stadium now. And by building that beautiful stadium in the downtown Montreal area, this would be something that, in my opinion, would take us to next level. And so we're a metropolitan center, cosmopolitan city, over 4 million people in greater Montreal. We could host so many different events by having this, including, as I said, encouraging leagues to come here in the future. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. You don't, you don't keep trying to put a, a Band-Aid on something that's either been broke or injured for a lifetime. Eventually, uh, that's it, right? Eventually, it's over. So it's over. It's over. And if they can't see that the Olympic Stadium, its time has come and gone, to me, this is, uh, it's comedy to see this. It's comedy to watch these politicians trying to convince the public. And they seem to do it with... Uh, they're very comfortable, right? They're so comfortable when they're speaking to the mic. Like this is the, this is the best decision for Montreal and the best decision for Quebec, and the future of the Olympic Stadium and the symbol that it is for. Well, I mean, what symbol is it? It's a symbol of something that was built late, uh, incorrectly, not to plan. Uh, it has cost so much money over the years. You would think that a smart government would come in, because we don't have a smart government, and just demolish it and say, time to move on. Whatever it takes, whatever excuse they come up with that, for whatever reason, they can't demolish it because the subway here, there, there, whatever it is, they can find, they can find a way to do it and to build affordable housing in that area, to do whatever, to keep the tower, as I said. They could find a way to make it work. And then with new money, new tax dollars, build something where the people will come and the people will enjoy and people will love a new facility. I'm sure many Montrealers would love a new stadium in the downtown area. Or altogether, if you're not going to build that, then use the money that you would spend on the Olymp Olympic Stadium roof to fix other parts of the broken city of Montreal, like roads that are terrible, landmines everywhere with those potholes tunnels and bridges. No, everything takes forever in the city of Montreal. It's going to take three years to fix our tunnel here, the Lafontaine Tunnel. One and a half years on one side, then they close that side, they go to the other side. They have through traffic both ways in one tunnel like they're doing now. It's insanity how long things take, and, and, and I just don't understand. Anywhere else, they'll take three, four years, not even, to build a bridge. You know, for us, it'll take four or five. It always takes an additional year or two. Same with our train, our REM system. It's incomplete still. There's only five stations. It's nice. I like it. But it's, again, there's always an issue. Nothing could ever be built here properly and, and then maintained. There's always seems to be some kind of problem. Anyway, that's my rant.
on the Olympic Stadium. And that breaks my heart. It, it, it really does. It breaks my heart to see where we've come with this thing. I'm afraid if, if we were to you know, be able to come back at some point in the future after we're long gone, after all of us are no longer here, and just uh, take a sneak peek at the city of Montreal, you know, 20, 2070, 2100, 2150, if this world is still around, is that Olympic Stadium still going to still be <laughs> still going to be there? <laughs> that's that's crazy. Maybe they want the Olympic Stadium to be like uh, you know the ruins, the Mayan ruins. Maybe they want uh, the Olympic Stadium to be like the pyramids. Yeah, maybe the uh, they want the Olympic Stadium to be like the the Colosseum. Maybe this is what the Quebec government views as our ancient history for the future future generations to marvel at and say oh is this where the gladiators and lines are no this is where the montreal expos played before the roof caved in a few times because of uh, bad weather Eesh. episode 165 of the drive-by podcast is sponsored by les delis lafrenet talking about montreal institutions les delis lafrenet is just that five great locations where you can order any themed cakes for any celebration life celebration that you're having birthday anniversary wedding custom cakes you could work with one of their designers saint leonard rosemary point claire montreal west and my home location on boulevard tashro in brossard i've renamed it brossard because a few bros in brossard check out lesdelislafrenet.com and order your custom cake today Baton Rouge Grillhouse and Bar are warming you up this winter season, happening until February 25th, so a few more weeks. And I've ordered this, by the way. I was there recently, the barbecue pork back ribs and creamy potato soup duo. It's only $30. You could also upgrade your main dish for $15 with their table d'hote, featuring a daily soup or choice of salad, dessert, and non-alcoholic beverage. Look, we know things are expensive nowadays. Anytime you go out, Right, you get clipped, but you're not going to get clipped. I promise you, if you order this barbecue pork back ribs and creamy potato soup duo for $30, you might not even be able to finish it. That's how much food you get. It's Baton Rouge Grillhouse and Bar. Check them out online as well. Go to their Instagram at Baton Rouge Grillhouse now and click on their Valentine's Day giveaway to win a romantic evening out with you and your significant other. All right, so Tucker Carlson will be sitting down with Vladimir Putin, the president of Russia. And this has caused many people to be super triggered. A lot of people cannot handle this. They're freaking out. They just don't understand. Look, I, I already checked out a couple of sites like CNN, and they're basically saying that Tucker Carlson is, is doing the work of the Kremlin He's going to make Vladimir Putin out to be this good guy as opposed to the bad guy that the media portrayed him as for the last couple of years with the Ukraine-Russia uh, war. But look, I'll be the first to, to say here that I believe that journalism, as somebody who's always wanted to be a journalist, and, I, and I first, when I first started, I applied to a local university here in Montreal, Concordia, in the journalism program. I was rejected in the journalism and communications program. But it's something that I've always wanted to do. I feel, and I've always felt, that journalism is the message. Journalism 
is how we keep things straight in this world. Because a journalist is there to ask questions. Journalist is there to get the facts. But journalism in 2024 is no longer that. I think Tucker Carlson going to interview Vladimir Putin is fantastic. Because Tucker Carlson will ask the questions. Tucker Carlson will sit down and have a conversation to hear how he views it, his side of the story. And sometimes you need to ask questions to the side that is most hated to understand why the side that is most hated feels the way they do. I'm willing to, to watch this interview and I can't wait to see it because I want to hear what Vladimir Putin has to say. Now, to people who are unhinged, people who just don't get it, and we know like there's so many people in the world today that just, you hear the words Tucker Carlson, racist, you hear Vladimir Putin, and, and people just, they lose their minds, right? They don't even, they, 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 they can't even for a second fathom sitting down to hear what these people have to say. The media and everyone they, they associate with has always told them, bad, bad, Tucker Carlson, racist, bad, bad, uh, Putin, bad guy, right? I just want a balanced interview and conversation, well-balanced, and I want to hear what he has to say. I do want to hear what he has to say because I do not trust <laughs> the other side at all. I don't. What side is that? The media side. I don't trust the media at all. Always had my suspicions, having worked in it myself, and knowing how the media is run. But now more than ever, I don't trust it. So I want a balanced conversation, interview, with great questions, and I want to hear how Vladimir Putin sees it. And I'm sure if everybody watches it, and everybody gives it a chance, they will see and hear things that will shock them. Things that, if you're open... Not open to tyranny or communism or things that they say these people are, but open to understanding why they do the things they do on the other side. The other side, the villain side, right? You're willing to listen and hear what they have to say. You might learn something. I definitely have by giving these people a chance to speak because I want to hear. I want to hear what they have to say. And how they see it. So Vladimir Putin. And it's not that, you know, the minute you say something like this, the psychopaths out there, we know, we, we know who these people are. I mean, I've, I've run into some of these people and uh, I, I cannot have conversations with them because they're, but they'll never come up to you and, you know, have these conversations. But what I know is I know these people exist because I hear them speaking and around me when I'm in different situations in life and i don't even engage in the conversations because i know these people are so dumb and, and so in their own world they're unwilling to open up to, to any other ideas and opinions and opposing views that if you even said any of this stuff to them they would just lose their mind they lose their shit and probably throw something at you and walk away confrontations that i don't want to be a part of it's just insanity they're insane I am convinced that if you watch the Tucker Carlson, Vladimir Putin uh, interview, you're going to learn a lot of stuff. I'm going to watch it. I keep going back to his website. It's going to be free and available on uh, TuckerCarlson.com. Look at the way people reacted to Tucker Carlson going to Edmonton, by the way. And if you watch 
the Tucker Carlson Edmonton rally, whatever it was, conversation night with with Tucker Carlson. Uh, nothing he said. If you go there and if you watch any of the the videos that came up, nothing he said was bad. But but it's it's almost like people don't want to go and indulge in any kind of conversation that they feel they would not want to be a part of because Tucker Carlson is a conservative host. So they don't want to even entertain that. It's like, oh, Tucker Carlson, right wing, bad. Instead, I like to watch everything, hear everything, what people are saying. Like, I don't like Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, but when he speaks, I listen and I watch because I want to hear what he has to say. Then he says something stupid or completely ridiculous, but I'm aware of at least what he said. I can make up my mind. Most of the people who don't like people like Tucker Carlson or people that are more conservative don't can't even tell you anything about them. All they can say is reiterate the words everybody says about them. Racist, far right, whatever. If Tucker Carlson had ever said anything racist, or bad to the point where I thought, oh, this is not a good person. There is no way I would even be talking about this. I think Tucker Carlson is well-spoken, well-read, well-researched. You know, I mean, he has his style. He has his geeky laugh. Uh, but any interview, any sit-downs he has with, you name the person, are they're, they're intriguing conversations. And you learn something from them. So give it a chance. Let's see what happens, and that'd be a, a, a podcast I'd be interested in uh, focusing on is what he said and breaking down that interview with Putin and talking about that on a future podcast because I look forward to it because I don't think it's, it's never a bad thing when you are extending your hand to your enemy, and I'll tell you why. That whole thing, that whole saying of, keeping you know your 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 friends close and your enemies closer it's true knowing what makes them tick keeping your enemies close because you never know when they're going to turn on you is the best strategy for anything don't you think the world was a better place when the united states and russia were having talks when the wall came down bring that wall down mr gorbachev and ronald reagan and gorbachev were, we're talking when when the Iron Curtain fell, when the wall fell. They were, they were safer times, better times. The doomsday clock is closer to midnight now because we don't communicate with these with these adversaries anymore. We just label them, you know, just like Russia bad, Putin bad. When you have guys like our prime minister doing that and polarizing and saying Vladimir Putin's a bad guy, this this and that, it's not putting us in a, in in a, in a good place. It's not as a country. When, when you don't agree, when things are bad, when, when you have issues with people, what do you do? Smart people talk to other people they have issues with to resolve those issues. We're, we're better as humans. We're better in the world when we're resolving issues together. We're not better when we're pinpointing and you know blaming each other and then basically ostracizing each other. And putting us in a, in, in a more risky position by not talking to our adversaries and not knowing what they might be up to because they don't like us and we don't like them. Bad move. Really bad move. Look, I never look at a guy like Vladimir Putin and think, I, honestly, I never look at a guy like him 
and and look at him and, and think he's a thousand percent bad. I don't. I think there's a lot more to the story, and we're going to find out in that interview. So, uh, look, I recommend we all watch it. Now, the thing is, I've said this now. There's going to be somebody who's going to hear this. First of all, most people who listen to a podcast are loyalists, are fans, I hate that word, of the podcast. But I have a couple of people that for some reason get off on, on hating me. They come to the podcast, and they hate what I do, but they still listen to hear me mention things like Tucker Carlson, anything that I say like that along those lines to label me, uh, you know, racist or uh, <laughs> Nazi or whatever, I'm telling you. I've got a few special people out there. I'm sure that these people that are out there are borderline 5150 patients. <laughs> There's no doubt in my mind that they belong in a mental institution. Uh, but besides the fact, uh, they're out there and they're crazy. I use the term crazy uh, with, with no hesitation. I know you're not supposed to say those words, but I say all the words. I don't care. And I think having conversation is a good thing, and that's why I'm encouraging everybody to listen to this interview. I think it's going to be brilliant. I think it's going to be fantastic, and I think we're all going to learn something about what's happening in Russia and Ukraine and things that might make us scratch our heads as to why we're sending the government of Canada is sending so much money to the Ukraine. No questions asked. Something's not right. Something is not right. And maybe we'll find out what's not right in this interview. Watch it. Episode 165 of the Drive-By Podcast is sponsored by Les Delices Lafrenet. Simplement délicieux. Go to lesdelicelafrenet.com and order your custom cake. Work with a designer. If you're getting married and you want a special cake, they'll make any type of cake you want and they'll make it look the way in the style that you want it for your very special day. Theme cakes as well. Pastries. If you're heading into any of their stores, great pastries and cakes for whatever you're celebrating this weekend and every day of your life. St. Leonard, Rosemere, Point Claire, Montreal West, and my location, Tashro Boulevard. In Brossard, it's Les Delices Lafrenet. Baton Rouge Grill House and Bar and The Real Drive-By Podcast hosting an online Valentine's Day giveaway. Go to Baton Rouge Grill House on Instagram at Baton Rouge Grill House and check out the Valentine's Day giveaway. Follow the instructions. I'll just read what they say here. We've teamed up with Real Drive-By Podcast to give two of the our followers a $250 gift card each. That's a lot. To visit Baton Rouge for Valentine's Day and how to enter Basically, you follow the instructions on the Instagram page. I'm not going to make it easy for you. You got to go there and click on it. Uh, basically, follow the instructions and you will be qualified to win this incredible night out with you and your significant other with Baton Rouge Grillhouse and Bar and the Real Drive-By Podcast. If you enjoy this episode, give it a five-star rating on Spotify. Review or comment on Apple. Check out any of the past episodes with uh, some of the great guests that I've had on sitting across from me here on YouTube. And I've got some uh, awesome guests coming in the next few weeks. I'll be back with two more episodes next week. I'm Freeway Frank. Thank you so much for listening in. Ciao for now. The Drive-By with Freeway Frank. The Drive-By Podcast, brought to you by OwnSpace.